Hi, I'm Paul Johnson. Thanks for listening to the podcast from Life Support. I do not want this to be so evangelical that we minimize what Jesus can do, right? I want Jesus to be represented, but how I want it to go is that Jesus can meet us in our greatest brokenness, in our deepest pain, in the moments where we feel so wrong, but Jesus makes everything so right. Pam Lanhart is again Pastor Paul's guest today as she relives what it was like raising a son who struggled with addiction, an addiction that ultimately cost him his life. We welcome you once again to Pam's story and to life support. Everything you do from then on is different. One of the detectives, I think his name was He was Derek. a golden boy. All we can do right now is come Extreme together. Extreme domestic violence, multiple rapes. Hey, welcome to Life Support, and this is a show where we talk about hard things, but we talk about Christ, and you know what? In those hard times, Jesus is always there, and we want to encourage you today. We want you to know you're not alone. There's others that have suffered as well, and we've experienced the love of Jesus in the midst of that. And my guest is Pam Lanhart, and she was with us Last time as well, she's the author of a book called Praying Our Loved One Home. She also has a wonderful Facebook page and, and blogging and is involved with a ministry called Thrive Ministries. And thanks for coming back, Pam. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me back. You have a lot of courage. You're telling a very hard story. And I'm just going to get everybody caught up. And you can you can just throw something at me if I get any of this wrong. But you were describing um, a beautiful son named Jake. And, and uh, you have other children too, but you were walking through uh, the road of addiction with him. You're discovering all kinds of things about yourself and about God, and you are praying for him every single day. And um, at the end of um, that time, not long ago, uh, he relapsed. Uh, it cost him his life, and now you're grappling with that whole dimension. And I've been there, and it's it's confusing. It's, it's shocking, even though... It, may not come out of left field is still shocking and it shocks your system and it shocks your spiritual life and so I'm really curious um, to talk about what this journey is like in regards to how now you view God because you're a faithful believer loved your children you prayed like crazy day after day I, I prayed over my son, Taylor, that he would be protected by the blood of Christ for 21 years. I prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And then all of a sudden, you look at God and kind of go like, what? What was going through your mind in that area of life? How did you reconcile all of that? Or are you still in the process of that? Yeah, I, I think it, I, I mean, you can probably answer this better than I can, Paul, because you're farther down the road, but I don't know that you ever really reconcile it, you know, and um, the, so just to catch everybody up, October 23rd, we got a call in the morning um, that Jake had passed away from a fentanyl overdose um, after just a two-day relapse. So the first the first couple weeks, three weeks, I mean, I think that you're you're in this place of just, I, what surprised me the most was what happened in my body, mm -hmm. right? Like, not 
I never don't eat. <laughs> I never don't eat. And I couldn't eat. And, and I, I, I have never experienced so much pain, yep. physical pain in my body. Yep. Like, and I have done this work with families for a lot of years. And unfortunately, because of the way things are right now, I have walked through this with many mothers. You know, and I hear them say things like, oh, just I'm like in physical pain. Mm -hmm. And in my naivety, <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> you know, like they're just not strong people. Right. 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 I'm a strong. I mean, I grew up, you know, yeah. on a farm and I have this strong continence and I have a strong, I'm, a, you know, a warrior. Right. Like that's my the way i would describe myself i'm in the darkest places with the darkest situations with people that are in the darkest times of their life and they're asking me where god is you know in all of that and i had all the answers sure you know yeah. and i could easily minimize their pain and that's one of the reasons why i do the writing that i do on my facebook page is because I want to let people know who have never experienced this really in a very honest way what it's like. Good. And the first Good. thing was physically yep. so painful. Mm -hmm. Like I felt like my heart was ripping out of my chest. And there are times when I still feel that way. Because in a sense, it really was. I, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was. I mean, yeah. you want to throw up. You can't. Yeah. I mean, at first, the first day was just numbness. You know, and you're like, what do we do? He's at a coroner's office. How do I, how do I, do I call yeah. them? Like, and we're in Minnesota and he's in Colorado. So it kind of complicated things. And, you know, of course, he's got this girlfriend that found him. And so that's mm. just a, a compounding you know, piece of this and trying to navigate her heart and her spirit. And so, uh, you know, the first month was just like this undescribable physical pain. And um, we had this service about two weeks afterwards. And, and even in that, you know, I talked to the pastor and we had a really great, actually, we had the pastor who we sat in front of four years before that and asked that question about mm -hmm. loving him well. Mm -hmm. And I said, I do not want this to be so evangelical that we minimize what Jesus can do, right? I want Jesus to be represented, but how I want it to go is that Jesus can meet us in our greatest brokenness in our deepest pain in the moments where we feel so wrong but jesus makes everything so right you know what you just said was you don't even know you said this but it was so profound when, when you said i don't want it to be so evangelical that we miss jesus yeah now that it's going to shake up some of the people listening right now because evangelicalism is not the same thing as walking with Jesus. Now, there are certainly crossovers, and that's how we identify ourselves because, but that's a very interesting comment. Yeah. In other words, what you're saying is, I don't want to just breeze past this. Right. Let's stop. Let's take note. Let's find out what's going on here. And it's really important to do that. And, you know, the, the Jesus I know, 
is the Jesus that leaned in yeah, that's to the right. most broken, not that's the most religious. Right. More from Pastor Paul and Pam in just a moment. This is Steve Johnson, Executive Director of Five Stone Media, a co-sponsor of this program. And we're excited to introduce a brand new video series called Caring for Mental Health. This 10-part series is available at no cost and is designed to help you and others learn how to come alongside those who are struggling with mental health. If you'd like to learn more, go to lifesupportresources.org. And now back to Pastor Paul. You know, there were times when I couldn't pray. In fact, I think I went about a year and I couldn't really pray. And people hear that and they kind of like gasp. But, you know, I didn't need to because Jesus was the one who came to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't have to go looking for him. Right. And that's a pretty amazing feeling. And when you're so broken like that and you can't do anything, there's a depth of intimacy that comes with God that you've that I had never experienced mm-hmm. before and yeah. never will again, probably. And I love what you just said, that we don't have to pray. You know, the Bible mm-hmm. says he hears the groanings of our heart, right? Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we don't have to pretend to be all cleaned up and, you know, that we get all this. And this is what I want to convey more than anything else. If anybody hears anything today, it's okay to not be okay. And I mean that not in a trite way, but like, I, you're right. Like, I haven't, I haven't hardly opened up my Bible. Mm-hmm. It's been six months almost. I can't open it up. I can't, I can't. I wrote a book that was filled with God's promises for my son. Right? Yep. I can't read them right now. Yep. Like, where is that promise? You know, Joel 2.27, Ezekiel 37, Isaiah 44, Jeremiah 1. Like, I can roll off every scripture that's ever been written that says anything about God is going to restore all the years of brokenness, right? Mm-hmm. Isaiah 61, like I got them all memorized. Yeah. Like I get it, right? Yeah. And I can't even like sink my heart into that right now, right? Because it feels so hard to understand. Now, what I want to say about that is I still know all of those promises are true. Yes. Right? Um, this is one thing, you know, and when I am vulnerable and open and, you know, people will, will it was, it was, it's really hard for me to have people feel so sorry for me because I am suffering yet I'm not, right? Um, I mean, I, I think the greatest book I ever read was a book by Francis Chan called Heavenly Man. And he was suffering, like he was suffering at the hands of the Chinese um, communists and he was in prison and he was being beaten, you know, within an inch of his life. And yet he he wasn't, he never doubted the sovereignty yes. of God. Mm-hmm. And he never doubted the goodness of God. And he never doubted mm-hmm. the character of God. But there's, a, but there's two different things going on there. You've got the, the physical, spiritual reaction, just the loss. Mm-hmm. The loss is one aspect, which is intense mm-hmm. and deep. But then there's the spiritual side. That's coming coming alongside, and that's where we I think where we find the peace that you're talking about. But what the mistake that a lot of people make is that they minimize the loss. 
Mm-hmm. They expect it to all go together. Like, right. oh, well, you've, you, you, you're, you should be past that now. Right. Oh, well, well, God promised that. Yeah, but you don't, you know, people would come up to me and they would say, oh, you know, isn't it great that you'll see your son again in heaven? Right. And I would look at him and say, no, it isn't really because I don't have him right now. Yeah. But they say those things and they just like, that goes in my stupid things people say book. Well, and you know. You know, but they're trying their best. Again, I was going to say. That, but that loss is intense. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, they're, you know, th- this is why we do this. This is yeah. why we have these conversations. Yeah. Because I can give you a list of what not to do. When yeah, that's you a better way to put it. My stupid one. word is not the best <laughs> word. <laughs> you know, but it, but it, we, you, and, and I'm pretty strong about like, okay, as a believer, I don't want to hear this. I don't want to hear all things work together for good. I don't want to hear that, you know, well, you know, you got Jake for 24 years oh. and his work on earth must be done. Oh. I'm like, that's baloney. Yeah. Like, you oh. know, I don't believe that God like didn't need him here on earth and needed him more in heaven. I mean, that's ridiculous. Like God can do anything. His wings were ready. Yeah. You know, which... By the way, it's not theologically, they don't turn into angels. Correct. I just want to mention that. <laughs> I posted that on Facebook one day, and it was it stirred up a lot. Of, really? Uh, yeah. Is that right? People yeah. Are, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Well, we just call them an angel. And I'm like, you know, they don't become angels. Like, let's yeah. get it right. It's yeah. not what it says in the Bible. But anyway, I... <laughs> we regress. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, you know, I don't doubt that God is a good God. And at the same time, mm-hmm. I can't hear that right now from Christians. Yeah. You know, I uh, I couldn't read, people would send me memes with like little poems about how, you know, they've just gone ahead of you and and you'll meet up with them again. And I literally wanted to rip them all up and throw them in the garbage. So if you are, I, if you're walking alongside someone right now, don't send that stuff. I'm just going to tell you. Like, it just didn't feel right what did you want what did you want from people i'm going to tell you a couple of stories really quick about what a couple of women have done yes um and one is a friend who hasn't lost a child has lost her father and mother and she sends me a card every single week every week i get a little card in the mail just saying hey i love you i'm praying for you i'm here for you you know and it's just like you're, you're an encouragement to me. She, she'll say these things, and it's written in a little card, and it's just beautiful. I loved all the cards. I really did love all the little personal notes that um, that people sent me. And then I'll, I'll try to make this a really quick story, but the night before he died, I sent him a clip of the song Rescue because I was at the Lauren Dale concert. And so I'm at a movie theater with my girlfriend about a month ago, and there's this movie that came out called Redeeming Love, and it's the story of Hosea in the Bible. And at the end of it, Sarah comes back, and her and Michael embrace, and they play this exact clip of that song, Rescue. And I had just posted it on Facebook the day before. It was a Friday, and I was like, this was the last text I sent to Jake. Mm -hmm. So my girlfriend who had read that is sitting next to me in the theater, and she looks at me, and we literally are in a fetal position, like in a ball, sobbing together in the movie theater. 
And it was the most beautiful moment I've ever had in my entire life. Mm. Like she just cried with me. Yeah. I mean, she knew Jake. She knew our journey. She's known me forever. And she just sat and we sat there for, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes after the movie was over. And we ugly cried. Yeah. And it was beautiful. She didn't say a thing. And sometimes that's what you need. You just don't need, you don't need words, <laughs> you know. You need presence. Yeah. Mm -hmm. it, it really is like the most beautiful moments have through this journey have been when people have just looked at me and hugged me and not said a word because there are there's not a word anybody could say right now mm -hmm. that could bring my son back or that would be helpful now i will say what one thing that was helpful were the stories of jake you yes. know when yes. his friends would message yes. me and then he'd yep. be like i just want you to know that jake did this or jake did that yep. we have a really great relationship with his girlfriend maddie and um, we hold Jake's past. Maddie hold, held his last two and a half years, right? And so when we're with Maddie, we get to hear all these little stories yeah. about Jake. And, I mean, we're like, dang, he was kind of a cool guy. Yeah. Like, you know, the things those are, he did. Yeah, those are healing. Right? And, and don't and, ever assume, if you're walking <sighs> alongside of someone, don't ever assume they don't want to talk oh, yeah. about the one they've lost because... How many times, I mean, even at Taylor's service, all of his friends were getting up there and talking about him, and they kept saying, and don't worry, you're not going to be forgotten. Mm. You're not going to be forgotten. And I think the biggest terror for people that have lost children is that they're going to be forgotten. Mm -hmm. Because we know we will never forget. Mm -hmm. And so when people say, well, tell me about him. Tell me about her. It gives us a chance to... to not bring them back to life, but to keep their memory alive. Yeah. And and so let people talk about their kids. You know, like, they'll say, I don't want to talk about it if they don't want to talk about it, right. but don't just assume that. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, just listening to the stories is so comforting. I have a little routine. I tell these stories because I'm like, I just want people to know that this is really normal. But every night before I go to bed, I play this song. It's a secular song. And the reason I play it is because when he was out in Arizona and he had been in a relapse, I posted it on Facebook on his page. And it was this song from a, a American tale, Fievel, somewhere out there. And I play it and I look at his pictures and I listen to the one voicemail that I have, you know, over and over and over again. Hey, Mom. Call me back. Love you. And that's my routine. And it will be until it isn't anymore. So you know? you're, you're a better woman than <laughs> I am a man because I still can't do that. Well, and I, I, I just. I still can't do that. And I, it's, been, it's been eight years for me, and I can't. I, I, when I look at pictures, I, I get teared up. And so we're so grateful because he was so healthy. Yeah. And I can't look at pictures when he was younger and using. Yeah. But I love looking at the pictures of him when he was healthy and out in the mountains. And we have, you know, the first thing I wanted was videos. Now, I will say this, Paul. My Paul, who is my husband, can't do it either. So maybe it's a guy thing, girl thing. I don't know. Yeah, you know, it, might, it could be. Just it how we deal well. with our emotions. But, like, yeah. I just wanted to listen to every – I wanted – Maybe some of it's sort of that denial thing where, like, if I look at his picture enough or if I listen to his voice enough or watch enough of the videos, I can somehow bring him no, back. No, I don't think it's you denial. Know? I think it's your processing. And yeah. you don't, you don't, don't, don't say you're in denial. You're not. Now, 
I want to get people to your Facebook page, but I'm going to ask you one quick question first, all right? It's impossible to answer in the time I'm going to give you. What's the most important thing you've learned about God during this part of your journey? He can handle my questions. Mm. You know, I and going back to one of your first questions, which what do I believe about God and how have I processed this with my faith? Because we've talked a lot about other things. There are really big questions here, really big questions like, Lord, you gave me like you told me to read Isaiah 44 over my son. Yep. Right. And it said he would come back to you and he would say, I belong to the Lord. And that didn't happen on this side of heaven. What does that mean? Like, why did you have me write this book and pray over him every day and not answer the prayers? Mm-hmm. And I'm, I have a really prominent, you know, ministry, right? And I hate to say it, but like people looked to us. You know, Jake was sort of the recovery model, you know, and I'm like, why when there's kids on the street that have been using for 20 years IV heroin, why didn't you give us more time? You know, those are big questions. Yeah. Why? Mm -hmm. Why did he die? Yeah. And why is somebody else that I mean, and I I don't mean I'm just going to be honest, like I'm just Mm -hmm. being really real here. Like, why did that person live? He saved his friend's life Uh, the night he died. He he saved him with naloxone. And I'm like, why did that kid live? And my Jake didn't like that makes no sense at all. Right. No, it doesn't make any sense. I lost my, my 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 wife to cancer 20 years ago, and to this very day, when I hear a woman give a testimony of surviving cancer, that's the question. Yeah, Still it's today, kind of, it's kind of why? salty, right? Yeah, like, why? Like <laughs> salty, good word too. Yeah, I like mean, that word. People put on Facebook all the time: yeah. 10 years in recovery, 15 yeah. years in recovery. Yep. And in the past, okay, so here's something I do have to say: is you know, like this is the big question is. Okay, so the hope that I had for Jake was the hope that would come from recovery. And where is the hope now? Like, and and I say that not to disrespect God at all, because of course I know the answer. Yes. Of course I know yeah. the answer, right? The hope is always in eternity, and we don't grieve apart from that hope. But, like, I'll sit there and go, now what do I hope in God? He's dead, what do you do? What do you do with that? And you know, yeah. but when you read John eleven, and Jesus shows up at the at the grave of Lazarus, and we know something big's going to happen, right? We've got the advantage of foresight. We we know this is going to be huge, and Jesus should have come in there and gone like, "This is going to be amazing, and you're going to love this." And he does say, "I'm going to glorify myself." And then what does he do? He weeps. And all of these commentators are going like, why is he weeping? Is he weeping over sin? Is... No, I think he's weeping because he's with friends that are weeping. And so he has the empathy to say, I'm going to cry with you. And so he's not minimizing your questions. He, he's, seen, he, he's seen people around him ask those very same questions. The disciples probably just annoyed him no end with their questions. 
And you have an incredible outlook on this. Now, i got to get you to your Facebook page because we want people to go there because you're a really good writer. So tell me how you get to your Facebook page. So you can just um, – I don't have a public page. I mean, my page is public, but it's not like a public page Yeah. Um, with followers. So you can – if you want a friend request me, I, I maxed out on my friends. But you can just – it will automatically allow you to follow me. You can always private message me. I check my messages on Facebook. So if anybody, you know, wants to just reach out – Maybe they okay. have a loved one that is struggling with substance use or addiction. You know, they can feel free to reach out to me. Um, I'm always available. It's like my full-time job. Good for you. To help and, and the book families. is Praying Our Loved One Home? Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, I, I do believe I prayed Jake home. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not in the way that I wanted to. No. Not in the way that I pictured it. But I do believe that. He was ushered into the presence of Jesus yes. that night. And that's that's really the only thing that makes us bearable mm-hmm. at the end of the day. Yeah. But it's true. And so I'm really sorry for your loss. Mm. And I really appreciate you being so open and honest. And this is going to help a lot of people. And your story is going to help a lot of people. So thank you for telling it. Of course. Thank you for having me. All right. Listen, um, you may be listening and maybe this has opened some wounds for you or maybe you're just right in the middle of it and you're saying I I don't think I I can have that kind of faith but you know God isn't calling you to be any one but yourself and he loves you right where you are and and that's the amazing thing about God is we don't have to perform we don't have to be super Christian he's just right there with you and so just just allow him to reach out to you and be open to what he might say to you seek help if you need it Um, and know that there's always hope. Really appreciate our partners that help make this possible. Uh, You can see a video version of this podcast at MyFaithRadio.com. Thanks so much for being here, and we'll see you next time on Life Support. Thanks for listening to this Life Support podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Life Support, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and grow the impact of Life Support.